Hello listeners, David Newton here. I hope you're having as much fun listening to the program as I am producing content for it each and every week. Although this is a free podcast for all of our listeners, contributions from supporters really help me to keep this going. To show your support, please visit roostertailtalk.com and locate the support tab. Every contribution helps this podcast to continue to bring you more hydroplane news, interviews, and history. Now, enjoy the show. Tail Talk, a podcast dedicated to everything related to the sport we all love, hydroplane racing. I'm your host, David Newton, and it's time once again, so sit back, relax, and welcome to Tail Talk. It is August 11th, 2020, and this is episode 48, my conclusion of the two-part interview with Jimmy Shane. It was a fun interview I had with Jimmy. We talked about a lot of serious things, but we talked about some that were not as serious in this episode. We talked about his experience racing RC boats, a chance in driving a vintage boat a few years back. Played a game with him, which you'll hear more later in the episode. And we talked more about the future of H1 and what the cancellation of the 2020 season means for both H1 and different racing organizations. How can teams take this bad situation and pull it into a positive to help themselves and the future for racing? Talking with about your your crew members, um, I remember you always have fun with your crew members. I know you have a good relationship with your crew members, but I was thinking back the other day, I think it must have been early 2010, so maybe 12 or so, we're over in Tri-Cities, and I... I raced, I raced some models over there for a number of years. And I remember, mm-hmm. I think it was a Friday night, you went over to the lagoon with a crew member and he had a couple of one-tenth scale, I think it was a Graham trucking or Formula Boats at that time. And he, uh, he challenged you to a, kind of a grudge match. And that kind of came yeah. out of nowhere for me. So I was just, wh- how did that come about? And yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not really sure how that came about. I think uh, it was, so you're referring to Nelson Holmberg yes. and he, he was crewing on, on our team, uh, the Graham trucking team at yep. the time. And he had a scale model of the Graham trucking boat. And my guess is he was probably talking smack at one of the races and saying, you know, if I, uh, if I had a chance to get in the big boat, I, I could go faster than you or something along those lines. And mm-hmm. I said, well, why don't I, I was probably me. I probably initiated. It. I said, why don't we race? Let's race against each other. And, he was like, let's do it. I got a couple of RC boats. And um, yeah, he, <laughs> there's a pretty funny story about that too. We, uh, we go out and uh, Nelson lets me test the boat and everything goes good. I make a couple laps. I'm, you know, turning the wrong way when I'm not supposed to, but I, I eventually I figure it out. And then Nelson says, okay, I'm going to take the boat out and, and do my test. And he didn't even make a lap. He hit a buoy and the boat flipped <laughs> And he's the one that's been racing the RC boats, you know, for a long time. So yeah. at that point, I thought that I had a pretty good chance at beating him. So I, I, um, I know that we had a good race. I know that it was fun and entertaining for uh, not only our team, but for the RC boat, the other RC boat racers that were there as well. And um, 
it was it was just a lot of fun. That that's what I remember from that. Yeah, that that was that was a fun evening. Yeah. I think I think he may have gotten into his head a little bit because when you guys raced, he he crashed again. That's so, <laughs> yeah. So there's I have video. I'll post it after this uh, podcast ep- uh, airs. But uh, that was that was pretty funny. So that mean uh, so I'm one for one in my RC boat races. Yeah. And I've noticed uh, he hasn't he hasn't invited you back since then. I'm, has he? I'm, I'm retired. I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> Out on top. There we go. <laughs> well, in, in racing all the different classes, I don't know if you've ever had a chance to be a part of some of the museum's uh, restorations uh, and driving those vintage boats. Uh, have you ever had a chance to to drive a restored boat before? I have in uh, 2017, I believe it was 2017. I got to 2017 or 2018 uh, over in Chelan at Mahogany Merlot. I got to actually drive, I was scheduled to drive the Miss Wahoo boat mm-hmm. uh, with a fan that had won a uh, raffle and ended up, they, they were having some engine you know, issues and, and working through the engine issues on the Miss Wahoo. So we had to get this ride off and they said, hey, just jump in the Alberto boat and go take it for a spin and go have fun. So the fan jumped in the seat and I tried to fit in the seat and I couldn't really do it. It wasn't really set up for two people. So my first experience driving a vintage unlimited hydroplane with a V12 Allison, you know, sitting eight feet right in front of you um, was kind of uh, sitting out on the deck of the boat almost. and. Uh, it wasn't wasn't the great, wasn't the greatest experience, uh, but um, I'm dr- holding on to half of the steering wheel and I'm I I, I start get the motor started and I, I'm so happy about that because they're pretty tough to start, and we go buzzing down there. I'm like, oh, this isn't too bad. We're doing about a hundred miles an hour, and I go through the corner and the boat turns, you know, kind of like what I expected. It wasn't too good. It was kind of uh, wobbling and, and and rolling over on its side, so. I'm like, oh, that wasn't too bad. And so I just went for it. I up the back stretch, I put the pedal to the floor and um, I looked down and we're doing 158 miles an hour in a boat from the 1960s. And I go in the corner trying to turn it like a modern day unlimited hydroplane. And I turn the wheel about halfway around and it doesn't do anything. It just kept going straight and I'm like, Oh, this is not good. <laughs> so it took, it took a lap or two. Um, it was uh, probably very entertaining for the fans on the shoreline. I, I think the boat was actually hovering pretty good, like a, like a, a modern unlimited. Um, uh, didn't turn with a crap though. My God, I, I have so much respect uh, and gained so much respect for the drivers of our past that got to actually race in those machines I cannot imagine doing that today, me at my age, and putting myself in that boat and running 10 feet apart from other boats, the way that that boat handled. Um, you have to have a lot of respect for our past and our history. And, and um, obviously it came with some tragedy with, uh, with the vintage boats over the right. years. Right. Um, I have a lot of respect for the guys that did it. And um, I, probably won't get in another one anytime soon <laughs> i'm okay with the new boats yeah i was i was going to ask you could you imagine yourself racing you know five other boats on the water doing laps over 100 and you know, you know 10 miles after, an hour? 
after driving one of the new boats and then hopping into that boat, um, I, I, I would be scared to death to do it. Um, I, I, I would probably decline racing in those boats. Yeah. Uh, but if I was just jumping into it back in the day, not knowing any better, yeah, I would probably do it. In fact, I, I probably know I would do it. So. Yeah, ignorance is bliss in that situation. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, there's quite a few races on the circuit. As a fan, there's some great sites that we always, you know, love and look forward to going to. But as a driver, is there any on your radar that you always look forward to? You circle that weekend. Can't wait to get to that race site or that venue. Uh, I I really enjoy all of. Them. Um, I don't mean that as a politically correct answer. Um, I love getting in the boat. I love going fast. Um, it gets my adrenaline pumping. Uh, each course has its own unique tendencies. So I love Gunnersville for the flat out water and the speed. Uh, I love Madison for the tight course and it's challenging in the rough water and that, that little sandbar down in that first corner is always a challenge. Racing in front of the hometown crowd, that's always added pressure. Um, Tri-Cities is probably one of my favorites. That, that is just a flat out, that's our Talladega race course. You just go, you put the pedal down and go. And no matter how rough that first turn is in Tri-Cities, you still put the pedal down and you go through it. And you just hope and pray and wish that you get make it through there a lot of times. Uh, Seattle, obviously it's, it's uh, probably the biggest, um, you know, for marketing and for our sponsors and probably the crowd as well. We, we get a lot of people there um, and we get a lot of exposure from Seafair in Seattle. San Diego is just uh, what an environment to race in. Um, there's, I will tell you, there's nothing like getting in the boat at 7 or 8 a.m. in the morning and the fog just burning off and that water is dead flat and you just, it doesn't matter what you do, you just go on that race course. And it is so much fun to get out there first thing in the morning before the wind starts. Um, you can run some pretty fast laps in San Diego on that calm water in the salt water. And then um, obviously we haven't raced on D Detroit the last two years, but Detroit is a flat out driver's course. Um, I love that there's nothing, you, you know, it's completely unique. There's no straightaways. There's a big turn, a little turn. It's our Darlington course, if you will. And um, Detroit's definitely probably the most challenging course on the circuit. Yeah, you race the river there. You don't race the, the others. Don't, yeah. don't let the river beat you. Yeah. yeah. It's, it sounds like you just, like, just want to get in the water and race. That's, you don't care where you're at. I just like going fast, <laughs> kind of like Ricky Bobby. Ricky Bobby. <laughs> I just want to go fast. Thinking back on all of your attributes or all of your your victories you have 17 wins six national championships world championship four gold cups there's a lot you've accomplished so far what are you most proud of to date um i think i'm just probably mostly proud of of just being a driver in h1 i i to 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 make one of my childhood goals and 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 really it was a dream as a child um I think that's the biggest thing for me that I was actually able to do it and have the, the events fall in place that needed to happen to get me to where I am today as a, a, a professional racer in, in a, any, you know, in a form of motorsport. Um, 
to me, that's, that's the greatest accomplishment um, for me. I, I love the race wins. I love the gold cups. I love the fans. I love all of that. Um, being a part of it and being able to, to, to drive one of these boats. That's, um, that's, that's probably my biggest accomplishment personally. Yeah. Okay. Is there any goals that you have set for yourself that you haven't achieved yet? Um, I, I, I have a few. I, I've been fortunate to do a lot over the last, um, geez, 12 years of racing these boats, 13 years. Yeah. I, I, uh, uh, as far as other goals, um, in the sport, um, obviously I want to win more. Uh, I love winning. The team loves winning. The fans love winning. The sponsors love winning. Um, I have a number in my head that of, of race wins that I would like to get to. Um, and if that happens, it's fantastic. If it doesn't, it's, it's, it's okay as well. Um, but um, I'd like to, I'd like to, you know, win one or two more gold cups, a few more race wins. Um, I would just like to take it year by year, see what happens. And eh, my next goal is, uh, is to make it to next year. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Yeah, beat, beat COVID and make it on the water next year. There we go. That's right. Um, yeah. Well, it's, you know, one thing you say you, you want to get more race wins. I feel like it, drivers now have it really hard because the sh seasons are so much shorter than you look back on the 90s when they had nine, 10 plus races. Now we have, you know, maybe five. It's, it's hard to stack up those race victories nowadays. So it's, I feel like the numbers are kind of skewed in the, in the wrong favor. Well, I yeah. think it depends on what you, what you're racing for too. I mean, um, you know, you could always look at the percentages, uh, to, to counteract the number of races that we have now compared to yeah. old days. Uh, for me, it's, um, yeah, I, I enjoy racing these boats and, um, I can't imagine not racing them right now. Uh, <laughs> There's, there's some other personal goals that I have outside of racing that I would like to accomplish. So um, trying to get my mind in a place where I can balance uh, all of that together and still race and, and do those other goals, um, that's, that's my next challenge. Yeah, it's always find that, hard to find that balance. Yep. Yeah. All right. Well, on the podcast, I like to play some games. I don't like to just have serious conversations the whole time. It's not really my nature. So one, one game I like to play is Mary Kiss or Kill. I don't know if you ever played that as a kid or heard of that game. No. Okay. So you, I, give you three, I give you three names and you would have to choose one person to marry, kiss, or kill. But it's the hydroplane version. So you're not, not, not going to have to kiss oh, anyone. You're not going to kill anybody. So it's, okay. I will give you three names and you have to choose who right. you want to be your crew chief. Okay. Your, your radio guy. And who you'd have All to right. race against. And then who would I have to race against? Okay. All right. Okay. So the first three are Jeff Bernard, J. Michael Kelly, and Andrew Tate. Who would be your radio guy, crew chief, and you have to race against the other guy? Okay. I would have Jeff as my radio man. I would have, ooh, the next two are tough. <laughs> I would have... I'll say Andrew Tate is my crew chief, and I'd like to race against J. Michael. All right. okay. How about Burt Henderson, Jimmy King, and Patrick Hayworth? Uh, 
Bert Patrick, Henderson. Patrick might speak French, so I don't know if that influences anything. Uh, Bert, Bert Henderson, uh, Cruci, uh, Patrick on the radios, not in French. Okay. <laughs> and then uh, Race Against Jimmy King. Chip Hanauer, Dave Vilwak, and Mark Tate. Oh, boy. Um, I would pick uh, Vilwak as my crew chief. And I would do, I would race against Mark Tate and I'd have Chip on my radios. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. I was trying to stump you there to see if, uh, all right. That's 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 my off the cuff answer. <laughs> okay. All right. All right. And you don't have to kiss any of them, so don't worry about that. That is even a bonus, more fantastic of a of a result of that quiz. <laughs> all right. Well, this year is looking pretty bleak for racing in general. How do you see the cancellations of races affecting H one? Thinking, looking forward to twenty twenty one. I'm hopeful that it just means it's a really long off season. Everyone's going to be ready to go at the first race, but how do you see this going down in your mind? Yeah, I think that's how all the teams are taking it. Um, I can tell you from my aspect, it's going to be really nice. I mean, to have somewhat of a summer, uh, you, you, you kind of, you, you get so entrapped in, in what you're doing. Um, and, and it gets so repetitive that, um, one of the things I'm taking from this COVID is stuff that I haven't done in a long time. Um, now that I have a little bit of free time to, uh, to not be racing and, and um, working on the boats all the time. So um, I think that it's going to be, it's going to be tough for everyone uh, financially. It's going to be tough for the race sites, tough for the teams, but it could also be a reset year for a lot of, uh, the people involved in the sport, the sponsors, the owners, um, the race sites, uh, and the teams, especially the teams, you know, it's so, these boats take a beating and oh. it is really hard to keep and maintain resources throughout your entire inventory of what it takes to run one of these boats. So what, what I've seen online and what I've seen the other teams doing, um, if in fact the other two races don't happen with uh, the Columbia Cup and Bay Fair, I think you're going to come out in 2021 and you might see the most competitive year that and and equipment and resources that we've seen in this sport in a long time. Uh, I'm actually looking forward to seeing what the other teams can do, um, what we're doing in the off season. We've been making spare parts. And we're just trying to get as prepared as possible when we do go racing again. So to see the other teams do that as well, I'm, I'm really looking forward to the competitiveness that 2021 is going to bring. Um, and we might just take, you know, these other two races. They might, I, I don't know what's going to pan out to be, whether they're going to be test sessions or races. or It's so hard because you need the fan base for the events to, to really make money. You need the vendors to be there. You need the people to be there. We're a very touch, touchy, feely sport. You have to have that face-to-face -face interaction. So um, it's going to be challenging the rest of this year, but it could be one, one of the 
most exciting years in 2021 with with everything that's happening right now yeah well it sounds very promising it's uh it's, I, I think the first race in 2021 like you said it's going to be a, a thriller to say the people least just, i mean people are just gonna be itching itching yes. to get back to racing yeah. so yeah. Uh, i think you're just gonna see everybody in a in a very very competitive state of mind yeah yeah no excuse to not to be ready as well that's right Last, last thing I want to ask you about before I let you go, because I know you got to do some wrenching uh, here pretty quick. Uh, just, <laughs> yeah. you know, the sport, each one has had some rocky times, a lot of promising things on the horizon, though, for it. Uh, how do you, um, what do you see going on with H1 with the future? I'm hoping that this, off, this, this year they have a lot of time to regroup and, and look towards the future, but just curious out of your mind, what do you, what do you see happening? Well, like I say, the, uh, with with what we mentioned, you know, I, I I would love to see the reset. I'd love to see the regrouping. Um, moving forward, I think that there's a lot uh, more development that we can do within our roles and within our, um, our 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 entire sport as a whole. So I would, what I would like to see, and what what I have seen a little bit of happening is right now is, you know, taking the rule book. Uh, scrubbing it making sure that we're focusing on our product that we are putting out there for our fan base and for our sponsors um i think it's um i see a hopefully a complete reset and coming out in 2021 with a much better product uh for everyone to enjoy the sport of h1 unlimited hydroplane racing hopefully that we can get you know work on the contracts with the race sites make those more appeasing for appealing for the teams and for the race sites, uh, for sponsors as well. Uh, I think that you're going to see an, a big improvement in the boats and the boat resources. And all that's going to do is just take the sport, you know, not to, to, to the high, high level where we, where we all would love it to be, but we're going to take a step and it's going to get better. And hopefully that translates into you know, the next step and then the next step. And that's all that you can hope for is uh, continuous improvement throughout the entire sport as a whole. And hopefully this reset with COVID is, is going to be that stepping stone for 2021 to be next level. I, I fully expect 2021 to be next level in, in H1 Unlimited Hydroplane Racing. I like to hear that. I hope it can get closer and closer, as you say, to the where we want it to be. I know it will take a lot of time and effort, but I know there's a lot of people working really hard right now to make that happen. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much for your time, Jimmy. Uh, hopefully, we'll see you on the water sometime soon. If not, we'll see you out there next year. Absolutely. Yeah, obviously, I just want to mention thank Home Street for their, their support and their involvement. Say hi to all the people back in Madison, Indiana. Hi to my entire team and crew. And um, I'm looking forward to seeing all of everyone's beautiful faces uh, on the shorelines and not through Skype and Zoom and, and uh, online meetings. So I, I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to, to getting back to that face-to-face -face interaction with, with everyone. Yeah, yeah. I'm not, I'm not digging this digital world. I'm, I'm ready to get outside and, <laughs> and, and be with it, people. It, it has its place. Um, <laughs> not, not for me as a, as a high school <laughs> So, well, take care, Jimmy. <laughs> Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Thanks, David. Well, I hope you've enjoyed our episode. Make sure you come back next week to listen to our next episode. We release new episodes every Tuesday at 5 a.m. Pacific Standard Time.
Also, don't forget to hit that subscribe button on your podcast player, as well as rate and review your experience. For more updates on Hydro News, check us out on social media. We're on the major players, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Rooster Talk is also online with our website, www.roostertailtalk.com. On the website, you can sign up for an email subscription list to get notifications on upcoming episodes, Hydro News, podcast updates, and much, much more. Finally, this is a free podcast to all of our listeners. And if you're really enjoying your experience and want to help us to continue to grow and expand, please donate. You can find a link to donate through PayPal on our website through the support tab. So until next time, I hope to see you at the races.